RNC chairwoman denies calling Vivek Ramaswamy an, an ASS hole. What she said was he's a crass troll. That crass troll. And people just misheard her and thought she was using a wordy dirt. <laughs> What's up? This is Marquee Saves the Republic. And I should give you an update. Ronna McDaniel has still not resigned. Although there's even more reason to pressure her to get out of the position because the, the, the um, ratings have come in. And man, if you thought the ratings were going to be bad, you were wrong. They were horrible. The ratings for the third presidential debate were subpar, sub 7 million people tuned in for this particular um, contest between Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, the other guy, Ron DeSantis, that's the one, uh, in Miami Beach. And I can't believe it, but they're actually, they've scheduled a fourth one with our good friend, Megan Kelly, who I've been trying to uh, convince I, her. I, we actually know each other, so she'll come on the show. Hasn't happened yet. I'm still working. I'm not going to, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try. Try again. Um, but the fact of the matter is that these debates are are sagging in popularity. They're totally ineffective. Nobody's really gaining any ground on Donald Trump. Sure, they're gaining ground on each other. I mean, think about this. Nikki Haley continues to gain ground in this presidential election, but she's not taking anything away from Donald Trump. She's taking it away from Ron DeSantis. She's taking it away from well, I don't know that Chris Christie had any. I wouldn't take anything away from Chris Christie, especially food, because he gets angry. Uh, but you know, they're they're all just fighting for the same. 40% or 30% of the vote while Donald Trump's running away with 60, the other 60%. And this, these, these, uh, I mean, just these exercises in futility continue. Nobody really knows why I, I sure as heck can't figure it out. Um, I do know this, that Megyn Kelly may be looking to revive her, her, uh, you know, uh, image as a debate moderator with this fourth debate that's now coming up. And it's in Alabama which is very, it's in, I think it's in Tuscaloosa. Is that right? Let me hold on. Let me fourth presidential debate, Megan Kelly, Alabama. So I'm not really sure. You make it to my, yeah, it's going to be in uh, Megan Kelly to moderate December 6th, Republican uh, presidential debate at university of Alabama roll tide. So that's exactly right. They're going to have these people go down to the university of Alabama I don't even know if anyone's going to watch the fourth debate. It's going to be on some news network that I think not a lot of people are even familiar with. And at the same time, it's not helping anybody because Donald Trump continues to run away with the majority of the vote. Donald Trump is beating everybody who's on that stage. And Donald Trump is beating everybody uh, on the Democrat side. He's beating Joe Biden. He's beating the Kennedy dude. He's beating Jill Stein, who incidentally is throwing her name into the ring as well. And with Jill Stein throwing her name into the ring, that's fewer Democrat votes then Joe Biden was going to be able to count on too. So it's a very interesting situation as we unload. There's another donor, by the way, uh, a guy named Bigelow. And Bigelow owns a massive consulting firm for the military. Uh, Bigelow, he's a billionaire, and he has been backing Ron DeSantis until recently. Until recently, he has decided now that he's no longer backing Ron DeSantis. He is a Trump guy all the way. Now, this is really interesting because what happened was, you had, for a very long time, big donors switching from Donald Trump to Ron DeSantis. Big donors were switching from Donald Trump to some other candidate. Nikki Haley had been getting a lot of that money. They didn't want Donald Trump getting their money because they thought this guy was going to go to prison. They thought he was an insurrectionist. They thought he was going to lose. Now they're changing their tune and they want to be able to back the winning horse. Uh, hotel magnate. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a hotel magnate. Robert Bigelow donated $20 million to a super PAC supporting the Florida Republican Ron DeSantis, but now 
is attacking him and saying he's all Trump all the way. However, he has yet to donate any money to Donald Trump because he wants to make sure he doesn't go to jail. I think Trump is strong, Bigelow said. I think Trump has the momentum, the inertia to beat DeSantis. Do you think? I think my coffee mug has the momentum and inertia to defeat Ron DeSantis at this point. Representatives for Bigelow and the DeSantis campaign did not immediately return messages to the Washington Post. A DeSantis campaign spokesman uh, referred the Financial Times to DeSantis's remark in NBC when he said, if I had a nickel for every naysayer I've had in my life, I'd be a very, very wealthy man. I got a dollar. I got, I got, I'm going to throw 20 naysays at you your way um, because I think well, you're probably going to need the money after, after, uh, after you lose more donors. But that is an interesting switch in the campaign and it re-legitimizes Donald Trump. And if the, if word or wind of major donors switching from Ron DeSantis to Donald Trump um, makes Donald Trump happy, it means it makes everybody else in the Never Trump campaign. It makes all of the Democrats, it makes the media furious because if people are investing in Trump, it means that they have a shot. And if Donald Trump has the, the, the base that he has, the personality that he has, the momentum he has, the grassroots effort he has, and now billionaires lining up to support him. I mean, that, that was really the only missing piece of the puzzle. And so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how these super PACs, um, you know, what are these super PACs going to do at the end of the day? Are they going to support the leading candidate, or are they going to continue to flush money down the toilet? Here's one billionaire who's like, you know what? I've already sunk $20 million into Ron DeSantis' campaign. That was a losing bet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears now. Imagine putting $20 million into a campaign of a guy who can't make, get any momentum going. It really must be. Fr I mean, I've made bad bets before, not to the tune of $20 million. <laughs> if I lost $20 million by investing in a presidential campaign, uh, my wife would lock the doors and I'd be sleeping on, well, this lovely couch here in the Marque Show studio. It's actually very comfortable. Uh, Peter Thiel, another massive donor, said that, uh, that he uh, helped Donald Trump and a bunch of other candidates. He said that he is taking a break from democracy. It's one of his many, many disappointments. This was in an article uh, that came out in The Atlantic. It wasn't clear at first why Peter Thiel agreed to talk to me, says the author, a guy by the name of... Uh, oh, Barton Gelman. I don't know. I would never talk to a guy named Barton Gelman either, so I don't, I don't blame him. He is famously no friend of the media, but Thiel, co-founder of PayPal and Planeteer, avatar of techno-libertarianism, boogeyman of the left, consented to a series of long interviews at his home and office in L.A. He was more open than I expect him to be, and he had a lot to say. Uh, when Thiel declined Trump, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Trump reminded Thiel, oh, here we go. Uh, Thiel tried to duck Trump's calls for a while, but in late April, the former president managed to get him on the phone. Trump reminded Thiel that he had backed two of Thiel's protégés, Blake Masters and J.D. Vance, in their Senate races last year. Thiel had given each of them more than $10 million. Now Trump wanted Thiel to give the same to him. When Thiel declined, Trump told me that he was very sad, very sad to hear that. He had expected way more of me. And that's how the call ended. You know, I could tell that's exactly probably what Donald Trump would say. Donald Trump doesn't get mad. He makes you feel guilt. That's very sad. I'm very sad to hear that. I expected more from you, but you know what? I, that's fine. It's a big mistake. I feel like it's a big mistake. You're making a big mistake, but that's fine. I'll get the money somewhere else. Um, but Peter, Peter Thiel extricating himself from the political machine is also interesting because he was, he moved his offices to Washington, D.C. during the last election. He moved his offices to Washington, D.C. to make sure he could support those candidates like Blake Masters and J.D. Vance. And one of them won, one of them did not. There's a lot of various different reasons for that. 
But Peter Thiel always had his foot on either side of the equation. He wasn't necessarily wholeheartedly conservative. He wasn't necessarily uh, a moderate, uh, you know, Republican either. He was, I think what they, they, they called him, what, techno-libertarianism? I think that's a great way to describe exactly what he was. And I think that that's also a great recipe for disaster when you're funding and backing candidates. Um, and that's how I think, that's how I think, that's, how I, that's what I think led him to his decision to just take a break from democracy. It's tiring. It sucks. I hate it. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it um, any longer. Now, in the meantime, back to what's going on with the Republicans, when you look at Donald Trump and his numbers that continue to grow, when you look at the hatred toward Donald Trump coming from the left, and when you look at Joe Biden's continued um, decline in popularity, you're going to see that as we head into 2024, more and more people are going to have to make a decision, sit it out or vote for Trump. And I think as Biden continues to degrade the United States of America, more and more people are going to switch from sitting it out to helping Donald Trump and more of these billionaire donors and more of the media. I mean, think about Fox News, too. Fox News is going to have to make a decision because the closer they get to the election, the less they can push candidates other than Donald Trump. They can't push Nikki Haley forever. They can't push Ron DeSantis if he's losing money. I mean, they've already mostly given up on him, except for our good buddy Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> still, still, I'm one of the few people convinced that Ron DeSantis is still going to be president in 2024 is our good buddy Brian Kilmeade. Oh, by the way, tonight, if you're in the Ponte Vedra, Florida area, just know that Brian Kilmeade will be joining me on stage for something called Salute America. And I've been, uh, I've been, I've been lining up some good jokes for uh, some good like military Veterans Day jokes. Veterans Day jokes are harder to write than you might think, because what happens is, you know, like veterans like to joke or military people. If you're in the military, you know this. You like to joke about the other branches, but you don't like to joke about your own branch. So if you're in the Navy, you'll make fun of the Marine Corps all day long and vice versa. Same thing with the Army and the Air Force. Um, but we're going to have, I think, representatives from all of the different branches there. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to figure out which branch is most highly represented and ignore them, not make jokes about them and find out which branch has the fewest representatives and just really hammer, hammer them hard so that everybody so that we can all laugh at them together. That's my goal. That's my goal. And then, you know, I always have my, my go to. I have my go-to bald joke, which uh, I love. Where pe I always tell people, you know, I didn't serve in the military, but because of my haircut, I get offered a military discount at least once a week, which is kind of embarrassing because people, they do. They go, are you military? And I go, no, I'm just bald. Thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> that's all. Anyway, that's a crowd pleaser. We'll use that one for sure. Um, but anyway, that's in Ponte Vedra tonight if you're, uh, if you're interested. And also, this is really cool. We are going to be, because Brian Kilmeade, I don't know if you know this, the guy writes books. Actually, I don't even know if he does. You know what a lot of these celebrities do? They hire ghostwriters. Because look, Brian Kilmeade, dude hosts a four-hour TV show, three-hour radio show, seven hours into the day, he's doing some kind of broadcast. Then he's running around, flying here, there, getting fitted for suits. He wears a lot of makeup. I think he gets Botox. I can't prove it. Um... But I, I, at the end of the day, he may not have time to write all these books. So maybe he has help. I don't know. But he, the books have his name on it. So he's got a new book out and he's selling books at this thing. And they came to me and they said, what do you want to do? And I go, well, I'd like to sell my new book. And they go, what's your new book? And I go, it's called The Untold Story of Christmas. Does nobody listen to the radio show around? I mean, you would think the people at the radio station would listen to the radio show. Um, and they said, great. Uh, so we're going to have we're going to have booths up at the back of the room and we're going to be selling the untold story of Christmas, my new Christmas. Well, it's not my new Christmas story. It's a Christmas story that's, well, 
I'm going to be honest with you. The Christmas story is about 2023 years old. <laughs> this is a new telling, a unique twist on a 2000 year old story uh, that you hear every Christmas. But this is this is something you've never heard before, unless you've listened to my show for the past couple of years. It's the first time you can get it in printed form. And I, I'm, I'm bringing like 75, 80 copies to sell to the uh, to the event. And uh, one of the guys in charge comes to me and goes, you're going to need more than that. And I go, well, currently at the time, that's all I have left. And he goes, well, I'll print up some more. So we're printing up more. Um, I do have some in the warehouse, but those are for you guys, because I know a lot of people continue to go to the untold story of Christmas.com and they continue to order books and they go back and they order more books when they get them and say, this would be a great gift. I want more. And uh, and you're right. It would be a great gift. So if you want to get a book, uh, I would definitely go today to the untold story of Christmas.com. We guarantee that if you order today, you'll have it well before Thanksgiving. And also you'll have it before you know, the, the sales team here raids the warehouse because they need more books for this event tonight or another event next week or what have you. Um, the untold story of Christmas.com. Please don't forget to like and to share and to subscribe and to and set the notifications for this podcast because we keep this information coming at you every single day, Monday through Friday, so that you know what's going on. You know who's representing you. You know who's lying to you. That's really, I almost thought of calling this con this podcast lying bastards. But, you know, I wanted to be more family friendly. So we went with um, we went with Mark K. Saves the Republic. But really what we do is we like to point out the lying bastards in uh, in politics and in the media and in your life and how, wh how what they're saying to you, why it's false, why they're lying to you. And most importantly, how you can seek them out, how you can stop them and how you can beat them uh, with my help and with everyone else's help, because we're going to all need to work together. You, me, Brian Kilmeade, <laughs> we're, we all got to work together, folks if we are going to save the Republic.